Welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast, the informative appearance podcast brought to you by the Centre for Appearance Research, a world-leading research centre based at the University of the West of England in Bristol, investigating everything related to the psychology of how we look. I'm Nicola. And I'm Nadia. And today's special bonus episode is all about Barbie. Yes, we wanted to discuss Barbie following Mattel's recent introduction of the 2016 Barbie Fashionistas dolls. This new line of Mattel's iconic doll includes three new body types, tall, petite and curvy, in addition to the introduction of seven different skin tones, 22 eye colours and 24 different hairstyles and textures. In today's episode, we'll be speaking with Drs Emma Halliwell and Amy Slater from the Centre for Appearance Research, both experts in children's body image. We'll also be talking to Dr Glenn Jankowski, a body image lecturer at Leeds Beckett University. According to an exclusive interview with Mattel, featured in Time magazine, this new range comes as part of an attempt to ensure the toys better represent modern women like Kim Kardashian, Beyonce and Lena Dunham, whose appearances differ from the traditional blonde, waif-like Barbie. Mattel claims these new dolls stand to empower young girls and are promoting the new toy range with the hashtag YouCanBeAnything. As body image researchers, we want to discuss whether this move by Mattel stands to promote body acceptance among children playing with these new dolls, as the brand suggests. Created by Ruth Handler in 1959, Barbie is sold in over 150 countries worldwide, and according to Mattel, 90% of 3-10 to year old girls living in the US own at least one Barbie doll. Over the years, Barbie's body has been the subject of continued criticism due to her unnaturally thin frame, which, if were made to scale, would make her 5 feet 9 inches tall, with a 36-inch bust, an 18-inch waist, and a neck too thin to support the weight of her head. And, according to a study by the University Central Hospital in Helsinki in Finland, Barbie would lack the 17-22% to body fat required for a woman to menstruate. Consequently, Barbie has been charged with giving young and impressionable girls an unrealistic idea of what a female body should look like, and thereby contributes to appearance concerns among young girls. Right, and research shows that by age six, girls start to express concerns about their own body weight or shape. It therefore stands that this move by Mattel to diversify Barbie's body shape in what Times magazine refers to as the most dramatic body transformation in her 57-year history could be seen as the company's efforts to improve young girls' body image. Of course, while Mattel's motives may have arisen out of the company's desire to do good, it is undisputable that this change was prompted by plummeting sales. The Time article reports Barbie sales have dropped by 20% between 2012 and 2014. This was rather elegantly put in The Atlantic magazine, who, in reference to the launch of the new dolls, stated that this was that oldest and most American of things – Cultural change by way of capitalism. Before we hear from today's guests, here's a short clip from Time Magazine's website with people from Mattel talking about why they decided to create the dolls. Barbie is a symbol of femininity and pop culture. Barbie as a brand is scrutinized to a degree that a lot of toy brands are. Our decision to go on this journey to really evolve the brand was inspired by many things. Of course, it was inspired by Um, softness and sales. Of course it was inspired by what we were seeing on social media about Barbie, you know, is she really know what's happening in the world today? She seems a little out of touch. It was driven by moms and 
saying like, I don't think that there's a, that Barbie really speaks to me. And millennial parents, more so probably than any generation of parents, are really concerned about what brands signify in their household. I think some of the things that parents were saying about Barbie is that she might be a bad role model for girls, that she represents an unrealistic body type. There are lots of theories around why Barbie gets so much criticism, the same reason that women in general get so much criticism. Some of it is valid, you know, this, if this is a doll that people say it's a role model and it's very young children are playing with that, there is a great responsibility to that and I don't think it's a responsibility Mattel takes lightly at all. You know, there was a sense that Barbie maybe was not as authentic as she could be as it relates to, you know, reflecting what was happening in the world. There was absolutely no a prescription for the design team. So truly, the whole design brief was, what would you do to make her relevant? We'd been introducing new skin colors, new hair colors, new hair textures, new ethnicities, because as you look around the world, and I think the world that kids are experiencing is really one that is multicultural and diverse. So Project Dawn, which is now taking it to the next evolution, is to look at, you know, body sizes from tall, to petite, to curvy. And when you see them all together, it looks like this tribe of young girls, the way a kid might see that reflected in their own circle of friends or their family or at school. We're disrupting a system of play that has existed for a very long time. It is very complicated. We now have two sizes of feet. So our tall doll and our curvy doll have a larger foot than our original and our petite. We have clothes that may not fit perfectly across all of the dolls. We are in a position of, of progress, not perfection right now, and, and that's okay. And so while this might not have been the most um, important signifier of the change and, and not answering all of that critique, I think it's a nod to the complex ecosystem of what's happening for, for girls and toys and play and growing up girl in our culture right now. Women and girls are much more comfortable and confident in expressing who they are as individuals. Our goal was to really celebrate all types of beauty, and a blonde hair, blue-eyed doll like Barbie is still beautiful, just like now the more curvier Barbie with you know, dark hair and darker skin is just as beautiful. That was a clip taken from Time Magazine's website. We'll post a link so you can see it in full online. Next up, we will be speaking with Dr. Glenn Yankovsky, a body image researcher and senior lecturer in psychology at Leeds Beckett University, to offer a more critical perspective on the new range of dolls. Hi Glenn, and thank you for joining us on Appearance Matters podcast. We're talking today about Barbie and the new range of dolls. We know that you published a blog post on the topic a while ago and offered an interesting perspective on the new dolls. Can you tell us a little bit about your stance on the dolls? So a lot of academics and people have been really celebrating the new dolls that Mattel have made. And it's been surprisingly consistent across different platforms, The Guardian, Daily Mail, etc. But also in our own academic body image community. My blog was trying to remind ourselves, myself included, that there are other harms these large companies like Mattel perpetuate. Specifically, Barbie is made in sweatshops. So China Label Watch have investigated Mattel, a factory that Mattel uses in China, in the last eight years twice, and have found the workers are underpaid, they are forced to do it overtime, they sometimes have their passports confiscated because many of them are migrant workers, and Mattel have done nothing about this. It is really hypocritical of Mattel to be saying in one breath they care about justice and women and girls' health and well-being, 
And then in the next breath, be employing mostly women of colour in China in these horrible conditions, because who cares about their well-being and their health? And then I also think as academics, I think it's a problem that we forget that companies like Mattel are perpetrating great harms through their sweatshop use. That's really interesting. I agree it's something we should be thinking about more. Do you think it's possible for companies to do social good while still making a profit? I think we have to be really sceptical when these companies say they are doing social good and we have to, as academics, but also consumers and the public, look at all the actions they are perpetuating and all the harms they are doing and what measures they are taking. To put it in perspective, millions of people work in sweatshops, mostly from the global south, so Bangladesh, China, India, and they're mostly women of colour, 85% of workers. And I think that perspective of the giganticness of that harm and the number of people harmed by it should be maintained when we are thinking about a different harm, that of body image concerns, that largely we see white Western men and women and girls and boys affected by. So I would say if the price of reducing white Western people's body image concerns is increased sweatshops for people of colour in the global south, then that price is too high. It's not a fair trade-off. Okay, great. Thank you. And would you like to see a more inclusive range of Ken dolls? I think a more realistic looking Ken doll would be great if it wasn't made in a sweatshop and if Mattel didn't make it. Okay, thanks, Glenn. It's been great talking to you and looking forward to seeing you at Appearance Matter 7. Next, Matt Ridley, a PhD student at the Centre for Appearance Research, will speak with our final guests on today's podcast. Doctors Emma Halliwell and Amy Slater are both body image experts based here at CAR. Emma previously published a paper in the Journal of Developmental Psychology entitled Does Barbie Make Girls Want to Be Thin? Amy, alongside Emma, is currently planning a future study looking at the impact of the new curvy Barbie in comparison to the original Barbie on young girls' body image. Hello, Amy and Emma, and welcome to Appearance Matters, the podcast. It's great to have you both. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having us. So this episode is all about Barbie. Emma, can you start by sharing what you did in your 2006 study on Barbie? Does Barbie make girls want to be thin? Certainly. So um, this was a study that I conducted with Helga Dittmar and Susie Ive, and we were really interested in the impact of Barbie on young girls. We've been doing a lot of research with thin and average-sized models, so we wanted to try and replicate that approach with young girls. And we read them stories, and accompanying the story, they either saw pictures of Barbie or they saw pictures of an Emmy doll, which is... Um, modelled on an American supermodel, an average-sized supermodel, or they saw control images, so they had pictures which didn't have dolls in them at all. Okay, and what did you find? Well, we found slightly different effects for the different ages of girls. So the girls who were between five and seven years, when they read a story and looked at pictures of Barbie, they reported lower body esteem and a desire to be thinner than when they read the same stories with either the pictures of the Emmy doll or no pictures of dolls at all. But by the time girls had got to seven and a half, there was no impact of Barbie on their body esteem. Amy, we've been talking about the new range of fashionistas Barbie dolls that have just been launched. And what does you two, excuse the pun, weigh in? What is your immediate reaction to the more inclusive range of dolls? 
I guess my immediate reaction is that it is a, a good step forward and it's really nice to see that Mattel has responded to some very long and ongoing criticism of Barbie's extremely thin body shape so that's really nice to see and I'm also really pleased to see that the range of skin colours and hair colours and eye colours has diversified quite a lot and I think this could be um, positive for young people. How about you Emma? Do you... Um, I agree. You <laughs> <laughs> um, I agree I'm not sure whether I can add anything to that really. I guess uh, I'm only say, I, I say the initial response is 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 I think it's perhaps a positive move, but it, I'm still quite cautious about that because the diversification of her size is still, um, you know, she is still quite thin compared to an average woman. Um, quite a big step, I guess, from original Barbie, but still a long way from where the average woman's body would be. Yeah, but I think it's very significant that there is more than one body type. Hmm. So whilst it's, they might not be representative of, of a population and a healthy range of body sizes, it means that when parents go and choose a toy for their daughters, um, they can choose something that fits their lifestyle or, or is more representative of the way that they look or the way that their daughter hmm. looks. And that could be important. And also she um, can now stand up on her feet, which I think is a, is a positive move, which she's never been out to do before in her shoes. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, do you think this is going to make any real change in how young children feel about their bodies? Well, again, I think it's, it's early days and it's difficult to say. Um, as Amy just said, the, the new uh, curvy Barbie is still very thin. So girls will still be playing with a doll which conforms to our, our ideals of feminine beauty. So I think it's difficult to say what the impact immediately on the girls will be. But I think it's also important to think about the, the broader impact on um, the families and on society for having a doll which has a range of body sizes and body colours and hair colours and eye colours. Mm. It's just that shift towards more diverse representations of beauty and that's mm. very valuable. Yes, I agree. Um, okay, I hear that 10 years on from the original study in 2006 that you did, Emma, we're both looking to replicate this study using the new Barbie doll figures. What do you expect to find? That's true. We are just about to conduct a new study with young children looking at the impact of the so-called curvy Barbie and how this may compare with the original Barbie. Sure, what we expect to find, I guess ideally it would be nice if we found that it had um, a lesser detrimental effect playing with curvy Barbie, that is. What do you think, Emma? I think it's going to be interesting because the, the way that we will do the study, the girls will either play with the original Barbie or they will play with the curvy Barbie. They won't see the dolls together. Mm. So I think to some extent the, the impact of the curvy body will seem smaller when you look just at that doll, mm. not in comparison to the original doll. Mm. So the girls are still going to be playing with an adult, thin-bodied doll. Mm. So you might hypothesise that there would still be a negative effect mm. but I, we just have to wait and see thank you um so it's interesting that while barbie's appearance has diversified ken remains a homogenous figure 
Why do you think that is? And do you think Mattel should launch a similarly inclusive range of the Ken doll character? <laughs> I guess why do we think that is is probably because body image in the past has traditionally been a, a female issue and it's taken us quite a long time as researchers and the academic community to start appreciating that this is also a very salient issue for boys and men, which we now know it is indeed. Um, and I guess at a much more commercial level, uh, I would sell a lot more Barbies than Ken dolls, and so they're probably starting with that <laughs> audience first. But yes, I absolutely think that um, they should also diversify the body shapes that we see in um, men's and boys' um, media and toys. Yeah, and there isn't as yet as much public anger about the representation of male bodies in action toys mm. um, and in and in male dolls. So it's taken a huge amount of time and a huge amount of criticism of Barbie for Mattel to now very, um, very promisingly take on that criticism and make some changes. So I think, you know, there's still a long battle to go <laughs> for, um, for poor old Ken. Ken. <laughs> Okay, so our last question. We know that you both have young daughters. Will you be buying one of these new Barbies? And if so, which? Well, unfortunately, the new Barbies have come a bit too late for my daughter, Nancy. She asked us for a Barbie for Christmas a year before last and presented me with quite a big dilemma. So in the end, she did get a Barbie for Christmas, but we tried to offset the impact of this by also buying her a Lamely doll and Lamely is a doll that's been modelled on the real proportions of an adult woman so she had both Barbie and a realistically shaped doll. Actually she doesn't play with either of them. That was doctors M. Hallowell and Amy Slater talking to Matt Ridley. We're coming to the end of our Barbie bonus episode. To summarise, it seems that Mattel's new range of Barbie doll is a step in the right direction for boosting self-esteem and body confidence in young girls, although there's clearly more work to be done in this area. It would be great to see other companies following suit and that a similar message is promoted to boys who often get left out of the picture in such discussions despite also experiencing body image concerns. For example, while girls and women are subject to the thin ideal, boys and men are sold a more lean and muscular ideal body type. Definitely, and I think an important take-home message here is that consumers do have the power to promote positive change. With continued advocacy for greater appearance diversity reflected in children's toys, perhaps we'll start to see new generations of more body-confident children. And with that, a huge thanks again to our marvellous guests on today's episode, Dr Glenn Yankowski and Drs Emma Halliwell and Amy Slater. Don't forget that we'll be hosting our international conference, Appearance Matter 7, this June in London, which will feature keynote speakers, training workshops and presentations from leading body image and appearance researchers from all around the world. Find out more from the link in our bio. As always, we would like to thank the Appearance Matters 7 conference sponsors, the Healing Foundation, the University of the West of England and the Dove Self-Esteem Project. A thanks also to David Inscow for our theme music. <laughs>